Welcome to What Magnificence with Chase Thornock, where we help high-achieving executives and entrepreneurs find answers to their most vexing health problems through the power of what if. Now, here's your host, Chase. Hey, y'all. What's good and what if? Welcome to What Magnificence with Chase Thornock. I, uh, me and my family have been traveling through Texas uh, for the past little bit, and so I've adopted the y'all. So thank you, the wonderful, beautiful people of Texas, for the gift of y'all. And, and for those of you in, in Georgia and Louisiana and, and, and all through the South, I, uh, I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. So today's conversation is going to exist and revolve around electronic systems. I was having a conversation with my father-in-law, Steve, who's a, a brilliant uh, engineer, and we were talking about electronic systems kind of unrelated to um, our health and, and the stuff that I probably talk everybody's ear off all the time about. And all of a sudden this connection hit, right? Where we were like, whoa, wait a minute. These things, these things are more closely related than, than I had ever, ever considered. So what if, what if you can learn a lot about how your body system works by looking at the things you interact with every day around you? Um, and so I want to welcome to the show, my father-in-law, Steve. Thank you for joining me. Hello. Hey. So uh, can you kind of paint this picture for our audience of our discussion of what, what we're talking about here with electronic systems? Sure. That was a really fun conversation that we had um, a while ago. You were talking about how you wanted to improve your, the, the function within your own body. And I was talking about how I wanted to improve some of the electronic systems that you and I were working on at the time. Mm -hmm. And the, the connection was made that there's a lot of overlap in, in the way that we are talking about. And that if we just look at some of the fundamental principles of electronic feedback, we can have the language then to discuss how it can be applied within ourselves in our health too. I love it. So, so for all you listeners out there that are engineers, this is for you. This is just, this is for you. Here it is. Here it is. So can you describe what we're talking about when we talk about an electronic system? Sure. An electronic system uh, that uses feedback is, well, the, the fundamental purpose of feedback in an electronic system is to make the electronic system self-regulating. Cool. So uh, one example that you've used previously is like cruise control in a car sure. or, or adaptive cruise control even. Uh, that's even more advanced than cruise control. In the olden days, that's a very simple version of, of feedback. Uh, for example, the car or the processor, the microprocessor in the car uh, is monitoring whether the cruise control system is on or not. Mm -hmm. When you turn it on, it wakes up and says, okay, I need to uh, figure out where Chase is going to set the speed. Once he sets the speed, then the old versions of cruise control will do whatever they need to do to the accelerator to either speed up or slow down so that you can maintain that speed. And in the, the fundamentals of, of feedback, there are, two, uh, there are two principles that always remain the same, just like addition and subtraction in math. There's two fundamental principles in feedback. The first is, is command, so the processor can tell uh, uh, the motor what to do. Mm -hmm. And the other is status. In other words, receiving information back from the wheels, whether I'm going too fast or whether too slow, and then it can make a, a, an intelligent decision to adapt. And that's how your cruise control can keep you in that right speed that you set it within a couple of miles an hour. That's incredible. And I think, 
I think from my world in interacting with electronic systems, I am so connected into the command side of things, right? Like, you know, you talked about the processor being the command in the system. And from my perspective, I'm also the command, right? Because I'm kind of telling the processor what to do, but I'm saying, okay, cruise control's on, here's the speed. And then we forget about it, right? We just do the command and we forget about it. Now, now you said something very important there. Yeah. And then we forget about it. Mm -hmm. If you have feedback that's working, you don't think about it. You can it. forget about you it. You can forget about it. That's, yeah. the whole, that's the whole beauty of, of feedback is so that it can become self-regulating so you don't have to just sit there and monitor it all the time and drive and, and push on the gas pedal. You can just put, take your feet off the gas pedal and take your shoes off and, and relax and enjoy the ride a lot more. And the nice thing about things like that is that you can forget about them. The, the bad thing about things like that is when they go bad, they go bad, right? And I love this example of cruise control because if I'm hearing you right, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but we talk about the other piece of it, right? The response or the status side of things. Status, right. So, so the car is gathering information from the wheels that they're going a certain amount. Let's say, let's say you've got it set at 55 and you're going 45. That it gets that status and it says, well, we're below speed. So we're going to increase our speed up to 55. Correct. Now, if, if that equates with the real world, that's fantastic. But let's say you're actually going 55, but the status the car is receiving is that you're going 45. It will accelerate, right? That is exactly right. And it will continue to accelerate until it hits 55. Until it thinks it hits until 55. Until it thinks it hits 55. So what, you, what you've uh, described is, is an error in the electronic system that could be deadly. And what, what is there a term for that kind of a, a, a malfunction in the system? Is it like a, I mean, it, to me, it sounds like a, a feedback loop, right? It's a feedback failure, right? Okay. It's, it's not getting the right information from the sensors. They're saying 45 when you're actually going 55 in, the, in your example. Okay. And then, and then it just continues to, to try to accelerate so that the sensors say that it's going 55 and then it'll back off. Right. It, it only is as good as the information that it receives from its sensors. Fascinating. I love it. I love it. So let's, let's talk about another system for, for an example. And um, I know that obviously some, you know, an electronic system can incorporate several of these, right? We're, we're monitoring maybe speed, but you also may be monitoring temperature. You can monitor several other environmental um, considerations, but in the example of temperature, the same thing could happen, right? If you're trying to keep a computer or an electronic system at a certain temperature mm -hmm. or below a certain temperature, and you have a cooling system to cool it down, once it hits that point, a fan that turns on, for example, same thing with the cruise control. If your status is malfunctioning, right, and it is reporting back a temperature that is lower than its reality, then the fan will continue to run, right? Conversely, no, I'm, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. If it's reporting a status that's lower than the reality, the fan will never turn on, right? And then the computer will get hotter and hotter and hotter and eventually burn out, destroy it. Right. That's destroy exactly right. It can be destructive and deadly. Fascinating. And then, okay, so so we'd, we'd had this discussion. We're talking about computers and that's where the aha hit. And I think, you know, we've, we've obviously led to that point. And I'm sure our audience at this point understands where we're headed, but... When we were talking about it, we talked about the autonomic nervous system as a similar thing, right? 
So your command, your brain, is what is sending the the commands. Here's what, it, what we're going to do. That's right. Right? And interestingly enough, 30% of the neurons in your body are command neurons, right? They're the ones sending the information really? to your body. Okay. So the, the other 70% then would be status. Right. Receiving information from sensors of whether you're hurt or not, or whether it's too cold or too hot. Or exactly. And those neurons only travel in one direction. Is that is that similar in electronics? Uh, yes, it, it is. So wires that you set up will be for sensors going to the processor or for, uh, or for different signals to go to uh, control circuitry for motors or for fans or for air conditioning systems or heating systems. So it's exactly like your car or home where you can set the temperature and it will automatically regulate the temperature. Heat it up, cool it down. Now, depending on the system, I'm sure everything's different, and I don't know if this is even a fair question, but is there is there a correlation as well between how much um, how much circuitry is devoted to command and status in an electronic system? Uh, that just depends. Just on, depends on the on system, the complexity probably. of the system, right? Okay, okay. But I would imagine that the more complex the system, like the more the more things that you're monitoring the more circuitry you're going to have. From exactly. Status. That's a very good point. So for example, we talked about the, the old basic cruise control of just monitoring your speed, which is great. But if you come up behind someone going 70 miles an hour and your cruise control is set at 70 miles an hour and somebody in front of you is 60, you just plow right into the back of them, right? right. The old, old cruise control. Right. But with, you mentioned with the adaptive cruise control, it also has cameras as a sensor that will take a look and see. And you also have a little bit of radar on the front of your bumper that will take a look and see. So that when you come up behind someone very quickly, it automatically adjusts for that environment. Huh. So I, it seems to me like there's a clear correlation between the number of it's the number of status inputs and the convenience factor, the, the, the level of automation. Right. That's exactly right. Cool. So your body is, okay, what, is, what are the things your body's monitoring? So it is monitoring, obviously, temperature. Hot right? or cold. Hot or cold. And hot. we want to stay within a very narrow band of hot or cold. Um, it's measuring things like your blood acidity, right? So your 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 brainstem, I believe, is constantly monitoring your blood for its acidity level, its pH level, because that's how it knows when to breathe. Carbon dioxide is acidic, oxygen is basic, and so as it monitors that, as the blood gets more acidic, it sends the signals, hey, we need to breathe. Now, in military uh, electronics applications, we're also monitoring threats. Tell me more. Okay. Um, if, if you're driving your car and you see something coming at you from the side, that's a threat. And so you go into emergency reaction mode, which is very different from your normal operating mode. Oh, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> so, so from a system standpoint, tell me what that means. Okay. So all of a sudden we go into an emergency operating mode. Right. What does that mean in terms of the power that you're receiving from your engine or from your batteries? Does that change where that energy is going? Yeah. You will, you will do whatever you need to do to protect yourself. Right? Perfect. And the same thing, same, same thing for your body. Yeah. And so, so for um, electronic systems, you typically want to go into a safe mode so that you don't hurt anyone. So high voltages are usually turned down or turned off so that you're protecting. Something's gone wrong. Not sure exactly what's going on, but something's very definitely wrong. 
too much current is going, or the temperature has spiked, something's gone wrong, we're gonna shut down and just send a, a message to the operator that uh, maintenance needs to happen. Perfect. Ah. Oh. It's so great. It's okay. So this this is new stuff that we hadn't even talked about Correct. before. So you know, I mean, this is the example where nature and technology are mirroring, obviously, one another, and it's because these principles are sound. Like this is the way that you make complex systems that are automated and can be adaptable, right? right and right. we talked about that process. So being able to be adaptable means being able to, to readily shift resources when necessary from one to the other, depending on the need. Right. Right. So it's beyond just regulating your own, your own body temperature and beyond just breathing. Uh, it's beyond just I'm hungry or not, but it's, there's a threat I need to either get out of here or, or fight. Oh, I love it. So on our uh, on the front of the autonomic nervous system, that is its role as well. Right. So the brain is command. Autonomic resource, I mean, autonomic nervous system is resource allocation, and it's also status, right? right? Um, and in the case of the autonomic nervous system, we have fight or flight on one end of it, the sympathetic side, and we have rest and digest on the parasympathetic right. side. And basically, the way that that looks at the world is it says, if there's an immediate threat, then we don't need any resources focused on long-term things. Things like digestion, right. reproduction, resting, any of that stuff. We're going to shift all the resources to fight or flight. Right. And we're going to take care of that situation. And then once that threat's passed, let's shift resources back so we can preserve our long-term exactly. survival. Right. So the, the example that I was thinking in my mind when we were talking about this was, you remember, Chase, that you came and helped me. But uh, I, I was broadsided in my car. Oh, yeah. And, and my car automatically sensed that the airbags had deployed and that I'd been hit and the bumpers said that the, all kinds of things were going on. And, uh, and it, it put on the brakes, shut me down and got me safely stopped because uh, that airbag, when it deployed, it knocked me out. So I was out, but I, when I came to, uh, I was on the, uh, in the median off, off to the side of the highway uh, up against the, the cement barrier, but, but perfectly safe and sound, not harmed at all. Hmm. So in the situation, I'm so glad you're safe. <laughs> Sorry, you got my brain going. And I'm like, <laughs> but that happens also in, in the human body is, yeah. is where I was. It does. That was, was, it does. It does. And uh, okay. <sighs> There's so much to talk about here. So what if in these situations where you have an electronic system and um, if, if that electronic system senses a threat, Okay, and it shifts resources. What happens if it does not return to normalcy in the electronic systems? Uh, typically, you'll in your electric. You can program it to do whatever you want, but, uh -huh. but typically in an electronic system, if if you've gone into a threat mode and the threat's gone away, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Then it would go back into normal mode. But what if it stayed in threat mode? What would you lose, or what would be different? All of the resources that it that it has priority over would be lost to normal function. So, in an example, you know, there's a military equipment or whatever. It senses a threat. It's right. shifting things. All of a sudden, it shuts down all the high voltage stuff. If if the threat passes, when you come back and you're trying to get things back online, 
if it still stays in that threat mode, you wouldn't have access to any of your high voltage equipment. Right. Now, there's two types of threats that you've referred to here. One is is uh, on a radar system. If it sees a threat coming in and then it goes away, then it goes back to normal mode. The other one is um, if, if, if something uh, got hit or shot or, or hurt, uh, then it wants to take the, the voltages off of those motors so that you're not so that you're not causing a big fire, right? Uh, uh, because it's it it's stuck because there's a it's been shot up, right? And so you you want to t so there's two different types. One is is you see a threat and it goes away. It can go back to normal. That's fine. That's normal. But if if you take a hit and you cannot go back to normal operation, then you need to start shutting down systems so that you can get them get repaired. And man. There's just so many correlations. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, so many it, it absolutely makes sense. And the way that I kind of look at that is like, so, so, so stress, stress is anything that threatens the body's homeostasis, okay. right? And I would say that's the same at, in an electronic system. Stress is anything that threatens that electronic system's homeostasis, whether it's, you know, temperature sensitive or whatever it is, right? And so when we look at stress in that view, I feel like that view becomes bigger because I think for me and, and for some other people, we think of stress as like, I'm stressed about work or I'm stressed about my family, right? They're not thinking I'm stressed because I ate, you know, 500 grams of sugar, <laughs> right? Or, or I'm right. stressed because I, I, I watched the news and it was really terrible news or didn't get a good night's sleep or I didn't get a good night's sleep or I did like, it just becomes a much bigger picture of what stress actually is. Anything that threatens the body's homeostasis is stress. And in this example, we talked you talked about a radar, right? Or it's a perceived threat mm -hmm. that's coming in. There's no damage that's been done, but it responds to that threat and then returns to normalcy. Now in the event of autoimmune dysfunction, dysregulation, what ends up happening is that there is a stress response that happens, but the body doesn't return to normalcy, okay? And or it gets close, but not quite there, okay? Interesting. And so it stays in this constant state of heightened, heightened awareness. Now, the interesting thing about this with the body is that it has electrical communication, right? Which we've talked a lot about. But it also has chemical communication. What's the difference? So the difference is the electrical impulses travel over neurons. Okay. The chemicals travel generally through your blood supply. Okay. Okay. And these are things like hormones. Okay. Um, like, like adrenaline? Like adrenaline. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and both of them are sending communication, right? Um, through, through, through the different channels. Now, we generally think of the electronic system as being... Um, unlimited. It certainly is not, no. right? It requires energy to power that system and maintenance and maintenance and you everything bet. like that. And program. But I think it's easier for people to consider that the chemical system can be even more limited, right? Your body only manufactures a certain amount of those chemicals at a time. It can only store a certain amount of those chemicals at any given time. And so if it runs out of those chemicals, it simply does not have them. It can't create them from nothing. And so when the body stays in that heightened state of sympathetic arousal, it is constantly dumping those chemicals into the blood. Whether command is aware of it or not purely depends on the connection between status and command. 
right? right? The connection between the brain and the body. If the connection is damaged or severed, then you end up in these feedback loops where homeostasis or balance is never fully achieved and there's no awareness to know that that has happened, right? There's no, there's no connection to know I'm in fight or flight all the time because you can't feel it, right? And that, that's interesting because when we talk about status when it comes to a human, it's feeling, right? It's feeling and emotion. That is status. I'm an engineer. I don't have feelings or emotion. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You're just associated. No, that's right. <laughs> so, so from, from that chemical perspective, though, I think it's interesting to know that your body is so adaptive that it has fail-safes, okay? It says, all right, my first line of defense when I'm stressed is adrenaline and cortisol and norepinephrine. These stress components are incredibly anti-inflammatory. When you talk about like shutting down high voltage, mm -hmm. that's what it reminds me of. Okay. Interesting. We're going to turn this down so there's no fire. We don't want everything to blow up all at once. Okay. And we need to respond to the immediate threats. Right. So it's hugely anti-inflammatory. It focuses the body. It shifts resources. There's electrical and those are the chemical signals saying, hey, let's get ready to go. Right. right. And every cell in the body has receptors to respond rapidly to that to that communication. But as the body stays in that slightly heightened state and the body continues to dump those chemicals, eventually it starts to run out, right? It's not an infinite supply. Once the body runs out of that, we call that adrenal fatigue, okay? The adrenal glands are responsible for many of those stress hormones. Once they've run out, your body, thank goodness, is incredibly adaptive and it goes to plan B. Plan B tends to be inflammatory in nature and we use cytokines okay so we say uh this isn't working right like shutting down the high voltage isn't working and and we don't have that option anymore and so we just have to call in reinforcements and the reinforcements tend to be in the form of artillery right so non-precise we've run out of precision kind of things and we're just going to start blowing crap up and hope that we hit the stuff that we need to hit, right? It's a last ditch effort and it's, thank goodness we have it because it's useful in some situations, but there's collateral damage. And that's the point. The cytokines begin to confuse human tissue with an invasion of other tissues and it starts to attack. It starts to attack have itself. that collateral damage and we end up in autoimmunity, right? Then you fast forward down the road. Now, because of the adaptability, and again, remember here that adaptability is incredibly powerful. Like this is, this is human being superpower, right? We can adapt, we can adapt, but it ends up being our Achilles heel in some situations because as that system gets reinforced, right? The body knows I don't have access to adrenaline and cortisol. I only have the cytokines. I'm gonna get better at deploying it so I can get it out faster right? We're more efficient at it because that's your brain's job. Let's keep everything efficient. Let's keep things going. So it reinforces the electronic pathways between the organs that control the chemicals and the, um, and the immune cell release into your body. Okay. So you get better at it and then you end up down the road and things really start to break at some point, right? 
and you end up in complete autonomic dysfunction. And as you had mentioned earlier, in a negative feedback loop, right? where status is no longer working, command can't get the right information, they're miscommunicating one with another, and they are just doing their best to keep the thing alive, which the thing happens to be your body, and it starts to fall apart on you. Right. Right? Oh, this is so good. This is so good. So um, I, I'm kind of curious because I know that through our discussions and things, you've you've tried some of the breathing, some of the cold, and I'm just kind of curious what your what your experience has been with the thing. And maybe and maybe from this perspective now of of status and command, what what's been your what's been your experience as you've done it? Kind of. I've uh, I still do the cold, I, but it's not. Uh, I do the cold. Uh-huh. Uh huh. At the end of my shower each morning. Uh huh. And that's that's fun. It's just invigorating. Uh huh. And it helps me to think clearly throughout the day. Uh, I've noticed that. Um, uh, the breathing I haven't done for a while. I need to get back into doing that. So I apologize. We'll do some. <laughs> no, you don't need to apologize to me. No, not at all. Well, I and I remember when we had we had talked about some of the cold, and you had mentioned specifically stress in that classical sense, and your handling of the stress. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Can you? Talk to the audience about the connection between cold and your handling of stress. Like I said, uh, when I when I take the shower, I take get the take a, a cold shower right at the very end of it. Uh, my thinking is more clear, um, and, and I can just handle things a lot more easily, and they don't bother me as much as as they normally do. So when you say they don't bother you, tell me more about that. Like, is it? Is it that the emotions aren't as intense when something comes yeah, up or? pretty much. Okay. I, I, it just, just doesn't seem to matter as much. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. And for me, for me, my experience has been really similar. And I attribute it all, you know, to a lot of different things. But when you step in the cold, the status is screaming. It's painful. <laughs> it's, it is painful. There's no the, way around it's, that. It's, it's painful. You can't really ignore what's happening. But once I make the decision, I know it's going to be painful. That's not. That's just a given. And it's going to hurt just for a second. But once you get used to it, the pain goes away f- quite quickly. Not surprisingly, actually. Yeah, it does. It does. It quiets down, right? Your body kind of calms down a little bit. But you're connecting status and command. That's the role. That's one of the many roles of that. And the other side effect is that it starts to also reshape command a little bit. So okay. that's why I'm able to not not be so bothered with uh, all the annoyances of the day. Right. Interesting. Right. Command command is now able to see things slightly differently. Right. Instead of it going DefCon five on things, right? Just going full alert. I don't really know the DEF CON says. Is that right? Like that's max alert. Anyway, I instead of going full full red alert on almost everything that it's receiving, it has more of a buffer, right? It has more of a, of, a, of a time to reconsider, time to think, time to choose, instead of shifting all the way to this side because it's getting more status updates. Does that make sense? That does. It, I also wanted to ask you, is it also because typically I, I don't get that cold during the day and, and doing that in the shower allows me to experience my brain to experience cold as well as hot. So now my, my life experience, my daily experience is much wider in temperature than it has been before. Is there a correlation there too? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about having, having enough chemicals mm-hmm. in that system to respond. Uh, 
by doing breathing and colding, you're building up the reservoirs of those systems. You're exercising your autonomic nervous system. So you're stretching it on either end. So instead of being this really narrow, rigid band that you have access to, all of a sudden now you have greater capacity, which ends up being buffer zone, right? I can access deeply my sympathetic response when I need it, and there's more of it, right? If you had a much more limited sympathetic response, then you're from zero to 100 very quickly, right? Because right. there's just no space between the two. But if that's expanded out because you've been exercising it, you have a lot more flexibility in that That makes range. sense. Then on the parasympathetic side, you have now exercised parasympathetic, which means when you have a stress response, okay, your body can respond quicker to return back to homeostasis, right? Instead of hovering in the sympathetic zone and then it's taking time to switch. Imagine, imagine the cruise control. How effective would your cruise control be in the radar situation, right? Mm -hmm. If it worked, everything worked just fine, but there was a delay. It just took time. Let's say it took 30 seconds to respond. That'd be annoying. That would be, <laughs> it would be almost useless. Or or if it was too fast, it would also be annoying, if not dangerous, because it would accelerate too quickly or break too quickly. Right. And so you, you have to, you want to get it into a, a comfortable region there right. for normal operation, except for emergencies where you do want to slam on the brakes. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. I also want to share with you, and, and you know this story a lot, but I, I've had previously on the show, I had the creators of Absorb Plus on the show. And for me food was a big stress component. Like it was a big piece of what was messing up my homeostasis up to the point even where some of the things that I was eating was sending me, you know this, I mean, I was up laying on your couch with a feeding tube down my nose. Right. Absolutely. That was horrible. Sweating and shaking. And every time we turned the thing on, right, um, it sent my body into fight or flight and was absolutely destroying me. Um, and so anyway, I, I, I started using absorb plus as a way to remove the stress on that system, remove that food stress that I was dealing with both the burden of digesting the food because absorb plus was fully digested and also just the, the garbage and other food that my body was needing to deal with. Right. It was a much simpler thing for me to digest. And, um, I'm excited to announce that I've, I've partnered with Absorb Plus. If you go to my website, whatmagnificence.com, they've been generous enough to give my listeners free samples of your, their product. So if you've been curious about it for yourself, go on there and check it out. Get a free sample. Um, there's a link there that you can click and order. If you order seven tubs, you get that seventh tub for free of Absorb Plus. And I honestly don't partner with many companies um, especially because I want to make sure that the experience is awesome. Like I, and I couldn't recommend Absorb Plus more. Um, if, if you're not sure where to start on your diet or if you're just really, really sick, get some of that stuff, try it, see how it goes, see what your status says about that product. Because it's easier to digest. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it's fully broken down is the point. So when you, when you eat food, um, you know, whatever it is, your, your intestines are really fine filter, right? And so your body breaks down that food to its smallest molecules. And once it gets small enough, it can go through that filter into your blood. 
And in my case with my Crohn's disease, that filter was busted open, right? The gaps were much, much bigger, which then meant stuff that I ate that wasn't supposed to get into my blood was getting into my blood and then causing that immune reaction, yeah, right? My body painful. was sending immune cells to fight it. And I was having, you know, chills and fever and all sorts of stuff like that. So Absorb Plus is broken down to that molecule level where when you eat it, it just goes in. And so you can rest. Did you by chance get a package yesterday of it? I did. It sounds delicious, like banana cream or coconut cream or something it's like phenomenal. that. It's phenomenal. I'm telling you, it's really, right. really good. You've got to share some with me. I, okay. I want to taste yeah, it. Yeah, you got to try it out. My, my youngest boy, when I get done with the, the tubs of this stuff, he'll just lick the powder out. No. Yeah. Like it reminds me, reminds me of those dog toys that you put like peanut butter inside, you know, and they just keep looking at it because he can't get his whole head in the tub, but he'll just, and then, and then I have to spend a half hour washing them off, you know, <laughs> pretty much a whole, a whole tub. So anyway, go to my website um, and you can try a free sample of the stuff and it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, dad, I, I appreciate so much the conversation and the insight. This has been fun. It's been really fun. And I I also love too that that you 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 put the power of what if, you know, to to action. You you've tried it. You've tried the cold. You've tried the breathing. And you've noticed some stuff. I think that's really cool. Cause it takes I mean, it hurts. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it hurts. I remember when you started and you're like, this hurts. Every time this hurts. I'm like, yeah. Every morning. It, it's about, yeah. And I've been in Texas and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm back up in the, in the in, inner mountain area. And uh, this water's cold up here. Feels it good. Is. Yeah. It's a good reminder. It's been snowing. <laughs> it's been, it has been snowing out here. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope to have you on again real soon. That's been fun. Thanks. 